Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. You can tap in whenever. Um, it's been 84 years since we decided to record this episode, and yet that still wasn't long enough for you to come up with a better opener. There's no better opening. Look, I had I had actually, mm, there, that's actually a lie. I wrote down like five different things I was thinking about coming in with. the. I think the best alt that I had was talking about 1996's Titanic miniseries starring Peter Gallagher, George C. Scott, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Eva Marie Saint, and Tim Curry. But I was like, I don't want to throw people off too much. But now that we're here, I can actually start talking about that if you want. Well, listen, we're diving into the wide waters of all things Titanic today. How cold is the water? It's freezing. It's, oh my it's God. like knives in your skin. <laughs> um, or whatever he says. Hi, I'm Brooke Solomon. <laughs> I'm Gustafson. We love talking about cinema. We love talking about being queer. We love talking about queer cinema. And here we are talking about it today on mic. And we are joined by two Titanic 1997 mm. enthusiasts, but also two Titanic oh. in general enthusiasts and also two Titanic podcasters. Oh my. <laughs> one more. One more. No, we're done. Three Rule of Threes, Jordan. Come on now. Joining us today are Caitlin Durante and Jamie Loftus from the Bechdel cast. Thank you for being here. Oh my goodness. Hi. The pleasure is all ours. Oh God. Imagine us taking off our hats with a really artful shot and us looking up at you like, wow, an adventure begins, oh. you know? Oh my God. Do, I love this. Do, do. I was about to start to sing the E.T. theme. Um, um, but I think that that plays. Like, it plays. Do, 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 do. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Da, <laughs> Caitlin, da, what's like the? Da. <laughs> that's kind of my <laughs> Titanic is my ET because I bravely um, didn't care about ET until about six months ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I watched it very recently. ET mm. that is not Titanic for the first time. Balled Soft my fucking eyes out. out. I was beautiful. not well. It's yeah. So good. Oh my yeah. gosh. I saw. Did you see the re-release in theaters? No, but I oh. I want to. But we are going to see the Titanic re-release, which is coming yeah. out on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's gonna be a must. I'm sh- are we will y'all be there. Ca- oh, Caitlin, yeah. I'm assuming we should. We're yeah. gonna go together, right? Like we're gonna go together. I'm going yeah. to invite everyone I've ever known, everyone who's ever <laughs> been inside me, everyone. Who, <laughs> I'm like, sort of. I need everyone I've ever known and loved and cared about or didn't care about mm-hmm. just to I was be say, with wow. me. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I was experience. literally, I was literally thinking about flying someone in to, to, to come see it with us. Like, it's the kind of thing that you go to like Margaritaville for six hours and then you go see Titanic at City Walk, <laughs> and you're just like, Ooh, Jamie, Jamie Ooh. Loftus, Jamie Loftus. You have no that idea. Is the, the coolest thing anyone has ever said <laughs> on this podcast. That's, that is what wow, I do. And no. Brooke does. You got to raise the bar. Let's all go. We, well, the way I we see love it, getting hammered at like Bubba Gump or, or Margaritaville, Margaritaville and, and then, then going you go to over Walk. to City Walk. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I oh my gosh, wait, we I mean we all live here. Like, get in on the group. Like, we should all. Yes. We're gonna do it. Also, here's the thing. 
I'm never going to get married. I'm not going to have a wedding. Like this is what my are you wedding. About? This oh. is my big. This is the this is this is the 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 this the point is the point is i uh, this is like the event of my life like this is the big thing i'm gonna send out save the dates for this i'm gonna get my everyone i've known together for this monumental event Mm -hmm. the question is did you go to the re-release for the 20th or no 2015 no well the 2017 and then also there was a i think there was a 2012 re-release yeah i I saw that in boston Mm -hmm. same did you see it at the amc lowe's theater oh hell yeah and i believe i was alone because caitlin and i weren't friends yet the yeah the, the boston one go. i went to at the amc in harvard square i believe oh okay oh, i see yes, i yes, went yes. downtown crossing mm. see RP. the two genders yes <laughs> that is yes the two Not genders true. of boston yeah yes yes Too true the regal fenway just shut down and i was like oh the mysterious third gender is now gone forever oh, you, you oh, only wow. have two options the brattle <laughs> is gonna have to ha- stand These are, okay it. We, okay we gotta get <laughs> off the, this is bad the, the, no, the boston good. theater no good, local good. humor this always great. hits on always yes, people love that love <laughs> honestly Everyone i don't know play. why when you said the regal theater shut down and my immediate response in my head was like good riddance i'm like for what why did i think that <laughs> what did they ever do to you I fucking hate i don't know <laughs> i think i just had never been and i was like yeah probably for a reason wow mm, yeah yikes um uh, this it is exciting though that i so i've never seen titanic in a theater and I, I like i really don't think that I, again i don't think i can die without having seen titanic in a theater like that seems like it's an true. experience that yeah. it fundamentally changes yeah. jim cameron would not let you die yeah, <laughs> you're like croaking true. he's like pulling your ass to the theater i'm pretty sure though that my parents also have never seen titanic in a theater because oh. i was three months old when this movie came out so they okay, were a little brah. busy but oh, but then see, okay. see the thing is by the time it was out of theaters you would have been like three <laughs> exactly so you, they had time <laughs> plenty in there. of time yeah you were forming <laughs> memories by the time this movie was out of theaters Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were yeah. cognitive. It you had ran your first for words. A hot ten months, wow. nine, nine and a half. That is that's bananas. a full pregnancy. Yeah, you. I my parents could have had a whole another child. <laughs> I was say, someone, someone Titanic. definitely like fucked seeing the Titanic and then gave birth first, seeing Titanic the Titanic was still in theater. You know there is someone out there, and maybe they're even aware of it. That was like conceived the day Titanic came out and existed yes. by the time Titanic was out of theaters. And this has to be mm-hmm. such a like beautiful That's and beautiful. or horrible thing for them. I yeah, think beautiful. Like, I think beautiful. Yeah, but do they know that? Do they recognize that, or are they shaped by it? In a scary I way. think this is is this like a mid, like a late stage life discovery you're like 32 and you start putting the pieces together then you call your parents and then you and have like, the Wait discovery a minute. you know yeah. I was born on a September something that means I would have been conceived December 17th 1997 or 18th I always forget exactly which day and you say you're a fan I know Ugh, fake fan over here <laughs> unbelievable allegedly december 19th 19th oh so close Does that allegedly make, that makes titanic a sagittarius correct i yes. do believe no yeah, of course wait no, a, d- wait no 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 the 21st so it's a uh, uh scorpio 
No. Really? No, Scorpio. No. December. No. Oh, wait, it's December. Yeah, oh, my God, it's December. Cap- I'm an idiot. Yeah. I thought it was like November. Titanic does not have Scorpio energy oh, wait. whatsoever. She's so a fire oh. sign. She's a fire Let's, sign. So Titanic is my sign. Yeah. This makes yes. sense. Jordan is also a Sag. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. See, Noise. And, and, mm-hmm. and that explains your incredible shirt that we haven't been able to call out because we're thank in an you. audio medium. I love it. Yes. No, thank you so much. Uh, it's my spirit animal. I I aim to be would you, Jack. Would you describe your shirt for the listeners? Uh, it's a light pink shirt with Jack Dawson looking uh, beautifully out at the horizon. Yes, he's like thinking s- about his future before he dies. Staring you know? up at Jordan's kitchen cabinets mm-hmm. from this mm-hmm. angle. We discovered that... Looking at you, honestly. He's yeah, like, damn, yes. who's my <laughs> co-host? <laughs> We've discovered that Jay, that uh, Caitlin has the same shirt. Yes. yes as Jordan. I knew that. Yeah. I do. Um, along with six other articles of Titanic <laughs> themed clothing, which in my opinion is the second coolest thing anyone has ever said on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> true. Aside oh. from the Margaritaville true, city true. block double bill. True, yes. No, but like it's, it's such obviously Titanic is a cultural artifact, but not everyone loves Titanic. Do you know That's what true. I mean? Some people just accept Titanic as a part of their lives <laughs> without truly embracing it. Loser Gosh. alert. Um, this, agree. I think this is a good segue though. Like for you both respectively, like how did you get into Titanic? Obviously you have a relationship with it. Mm. What's the relationship? How did it form? Jamie, do you want to go first? Uh, no, you can go first. Okay. I saw Titanic in theaters when I was 11 years old. Let's go. At a drive-in movie theater in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I and it was transformative. I've I've never looked back. It was um so if it was okay, I always have to like figure out the math here. If it was mm-hmm. at the drive-in, it would not have been until like April probably. Oh, so right, cuz I didn't see cold. It. Right, yeah. True. So they like had to Whoa. like wait till the Pennsylvania snow <laughs> melted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they would always open up in April this drive-in, and Titanic was still in theaters then. So that was like the f- one of the first ones they showed of the season. So I was like eleven, going on twelve, and I saw it, and I was like, "This is the best thing ever." And not long after that, it came out on the two VHSs, and I spent every single day that summer watching both vhs tapes with my sister sometimes twice a day so we would watch both have to rewind both and then start over so i would spend six and a half hours of my day sometimes watching titanic doing their rewind it like i think you may get your headlines mr resume (laughs) then It would take like four minutes to rewind. And boy, he's pissed. (laughs) Yeah. So then I, and then ever since then, I've just, it's just been one of my movies that is just fundamental to my being. I have seen it easily over, probably at this point, over 120 times. And I did the math for that. Expert. I've spent over a whole week of my life watching Titanic. I no love regrets. that you calculated this it. Is, yeah, this is incredible. I did the because math. Because that, that cements it, though. You yeah. know, like that, it's it's undeniable in that it's a part of your life. Yeah. I have two Titanic tattoos. What can I say? Uh, sorry, tattoonic. Tattoonic. There you go. That I'm glad you made it before Jordan could. <laughs> Dear God. Incredible. Well, I have to is know. It, uh, I have I, to know. Yeah. 
Tell what me are, about the, what are they? Uh, tell me about the tattoos. Oh, rings. one is just uh, the ship about to hit the iceberg. Nice on my forearm. More historic document kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. other is Victor Garber's face. <laughs> oh no, but I should. Um, mm. The other one is uh, VHS tape number two. Fuck. So it's just a, t- a VHS tape. It says Titanic Part Two on it. That's a good one. Amazing. Mm. That is actually, well, after Jamie's story, or quick flash poll, is part one or part two better? There's, well, they're both perfect. They're both perfect. There's better and then well, there's preferred. Best. I yes. Feel- per- yes, preferred. <laughs> yes. My, I go hard for tape two. That's my tape. I, I yeah. also go tape hard for tape two. Right. But I feel like it's like, it depends on what you're into. If you're into like history... It's got to be tape one. If you're into falling in love, it's got to be tape one. If you're into having horrible things happen to you in action movies, it's got to be tape two. So that's tape yeah. two. Is the wild thing about but Titanic? There's merits it to is. Tapes. It's two movies for the price of one. You got like a historical right. romantic drama in tape one. Uh-huh. You've got an a disaster movie in tape two. Yeah, I might exactly. actually I might actually ride for tape one because part of my history with Titanic is that. For the longest time, not, I mean, at least for like the first couple times I watched the movie, my mom fully let me believe that it ended at the end that of tape ends. one. Yeah. Um, and so I've seen tape one more. And so I feel like maybe I'm more attached to it. Um, but I don't know. When did you discover that tape two existed and that the Titanic really sunk? There is a whole true crime podcast to be had about this. Um, <laughs> well, like, my history with Titanic is that I was not, I was four when it came out. Like I wasn't old enough to see it in theaters. Um, but I, so I first watched it on VHS. Like I want to say like in sometime in the early two thousands, like when I was like maybe 10 or 11 and my mom finally arbitrarily decided like, okay, you can watch the tapes because she yes. just like needed me to shut the fuck up for three hours. I don't like, I don't know, but I know that like she used to run a, um, an illegal daycare out of my house or my house, her house, my house. That your she house. Was it was your house from me. Yeah. yeah. Um, she ran a, a, an illegal daycare out of her house that I lived in. Cause I was her kid. And, um, so there was like one day where my cousin Sam and I were allowed to watch Titanic and we were both so excited because we'd heard so many things. And so we watched it together and it became like a fundamental part of like me and my cousin Sam's relationship was like, we love Titanic. It was another, it was like just a different summer where we watched it all the time. Um, we were completely obsessed with it. My mom didn't tell us there was a second tape until some point in the summer. And then like, I think that we just got annoying about like, did they get married? What happened? happened? Yeah. (laughs) And then my mom was like, Oh, they died. And then like, (laughs) and then I got really, I think I actually kind of got caught up in the, I like, whenever I got into it, cause I'm guessing this would have been like, oh two oh three something like that like by the time I was watching it I was aware of the back or like the stigma and backlash of like sentimentality attached to the Mm -hmm. movie I wish I had just like experienced it in the raw but by Mm -hmm. the time I was aware of it I knew that it was like it's not cool to love Titanic so instead I tried to like my like 
little kid brain was like, okay, well, how do I justify being so into this movie that I want to come and die? And like the way I was able, I was like, okay, I'm going to get really into the history. It's not that Mm -hmm. I love seeing people kiss it's that I'm a history buff. And so I got really into the history side of Titanic in junior high and like read a ton of books about it and learned all about the shipwreck and then kind of got into shipwrecks as a result of that. And then anyways, I've seen Titanic not as many times as Caitlin, but like I'm not too far behind. I've definitely seen mm-hmm. it a hundred times. Um, and like to the point where Caitlin knows this story uh, very well, where like on um, April 14th, between April 14th and 15th, 11.40 p.m. and 2.20 a.m., I would go on the my like porch roof and just sit by myself as a kid and just like meditate on just like reflect (laughs) and it was like thousand souls it was something that we would do every year or not we me would do every year and my dad would like but it was like not easy to access the roof so I was like dad I need you to like push me out the window (laughs) and like my dad would like stay up late and be like sorry Jamie's on the roof tonight she's like upset about Titanic (laughs) (laughs) and so I would do that that's amazing growing up and then on the 100th anniversary I lived in Boston by that point and I was like sat by like the docks or something and was like yeah fully no excuse I was like 19 20 years old at that point but I was just like yeah it makes you think and um a ship leaving the harbor you're like wow the Titanic was a ship yeah yeah and And people and 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 so I was like fully obsessed with the movie I loved it so much and uh also built my personality around it for a while (laughs) the end I still do love that so much all right what is yours well I'll let you I'll let you finish strong I have a distinct memory of watching this movie for the first time round of applause I've actually podcast oh my god this is new I could not give you an exact number on the number of times that I've seen this movie it's probably I would say in the low double digits like probably hovering around 20 but listen I have that's a lot of to catch up Oh, well, because it's like it's a classic. It's on, you know, it's on on, Mm -hmm. you watch it. But I remember it was one night. I'm the oldest. I have a younger sister. One night when my younger sister wasn't home, I think she was at a sleepover. My mom very much was like, okay, invited me and my good childhood friend over and was like, girls, we're watching Titanic. We had like a quote unquote adult evening. I think we were like 13 or something. But I, I, my mom knew that there was a little bit of nudity in this movie and she was like okay gotta wait until everyone's old enough to be able to watch it and i really remember that and how down to listen how romantic we like all thought that it was like we had a very nice girls night which was rare um but uh, oh i retweet she's very important thoughts (laughs) on yes exactly (laughs) the double vhs though i I feel your pain on the part one, part two, the movie actually ends. It didn't happen with Titanic, but we had sound of music on Mm -hmm. literally like ad nauseum as a kid. And for the longest time, both my sister and I thought it ended when they get married and not, you know, when the Nazis (laughs) Nazis? show up and chase them out of (laughs) Vienna. Mm. (laughs) Um, Like I literally. Double VHS really fucked us as a culture. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's, 
because it obviously the Titanic split is perfect because it's the greatest midpoint in my yes. opinion to like ever yes. exist to a movie. Yeah. I also feel like we would get it's my aunt's favorite movie and she has two boys and of course they would make similar excuses about watching Titanic because it's really like the tapes are kind of like gender split. The first tape oh my God. is the girl's tape. It's the romantic love story. Yeah. And then the second tape is the cool, badass action tape that all the boys like. So that's how people would cycle in and out of the watching. <laughs> I should have known um, everything about myself when my first tape was the preferred side was the first side. I should have known. I was going to say, I was <laughs> like, full romanticism. Something was a little, something was a I little was fruity there. I was feeling insecure, but I think I may be a tape one head at heart. It's I okay. love tape well, one. That's the titty tape. That's the titty tape. It's the titty tape. tape. And that was a Come big deal. on now. That's yeah. the horny sex scene tape. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. A lot of good stuff happens in tape one. So much the, good stuff happens in tape one. <laughs> those nipples really woke a lot of people up. All right. <laughs> no, yeah. Literally like Kate Winslet's like image imprinted into every single adolescent in America. For sure. For better or for worse. I think definitely think it was probably like the first topless scene I had ever seen wow. in a movie. Mm-hmm. Actually, maybe. Yeah. That might be true. Because yeah. this is the like extremely, extremely rare PG-13, PG-13 movie that yeah. actually has nudity in it. It's mm-hmm. so, a great point. transcended like literally almost everything else. Damn, James Cameron really doing it for the, the youth the of girls, America. The girls, the gays, and the theys um, who loved Kate Winslet. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you remember when you first watched it? I, see, that's the frustrating thing. I don't remember when I first watched it, but we also, so we didn't buy the dual VHSs, but we like recorded from the TV. And wow. Had VHSs. Oh, nice. that's so, nice. TNT that's, style? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so, some early 2000s we, That's pretty much how right we had most of our stuff was like with ad breaks that we would like, that you fast forward and through. Then, like play for yeah. yeah uh so that was definitely the first time i watched it i don't know when or where um but yeah no i this movie like the best memory i have from it i guess is just like seeing it at prom night and Aww. with all my pal like me and like four gals uh and we were all like wow the titanic is a life-changing film this is so important to us um but it was similarly like i knew the backlash but i never really talked about it it was just sort of a thing that i would watch but never like never made it my personality until probably like post college if not like college to be like oh yeah no like i unabashedly like love this movie but similar to you i think like my I, like i can pinpoint my sexual awakenings for sure but like one of them is specifically in this movie like the hand hitting the mirror was like a m- moment for me where i was like oh sex Yes. Like that's a As thing. A that's what you do. I understand. Se- you you slap you a slap a fucking window. window. Sex yeah. happens right. in a car, and coming is slapping the pain. Sla- yeah. Even to this day, when and if I come, I call it slapping the pain. <laughs> slapping <laughs> that pain. It is like yeah. a good horny sex it's scene. So sexy. No, like they're they're so. The this movie walks like a a very delicate balance of like being a movie for adults but also like a great movie for teenagers would you say it's a four quadrant movie it well, i would say oh that my it's a god oh. What? Oh my god how did we get here the podcast <laughs> i mean since you cued me up i know what you're all thinking listeners brooke jordan what mm. the fuck is wrong with you guys this is the most heterosexual love story to ever exist this movie invented straight people even though they died in the water. But like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> too, yeah. And I have uh, four words for you. 
Celine Sciamma Vox interview. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Which we've was... talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was like the seed that started the idea that like maybe one day we should cover Titanic yes. on the podcast. I will give a very quick bit of background. So um, past guest and friend of ours, Emily St. James, did a wonderful interview with director Celine Sciamma, um about Portrait of Lady on Fire and uh, Celine, icon that she is brought up Titanic and kind of was talking about the romanticism of it and how it was a huge inspiration for Portrait of Lady on Fire. I'm just going to read her quote because this is like truly what has like Mm. spun off our brains and made us think about the movie in like a completely different way. For instance, Titanic. Titanic is the hugest success and it's because it's totally queer. Leonardo DiCaprio was totally androgynous at the time. DiCaprio and Kate Winslet were both not known, not stars, so there was no power dynamic between them. Like, If you look at the sex scene in Titanic, she's on top. He's the one who's being totally fragile and insecure. I think it was a huge success because it's a love story with equality and with emancipation. I think that the movies Titanic and Portrait of a Lady on Fire are in dialogue. I thought a lot about Titanic because it's also the present of a love story and the memory of a love story. A successful love story should not be about eternal possession. It should be about emancipation. And it is an emancipation story because maybe um, Rose lost this love, but we see her being free and riding horses and wearing pants. It's all about emancipation the success of a love story is not about how long it lasts it's not about ending your life together jack dying is tragic but it's not the end of the story in equality there is emancipation that's hot yes extremely cool yes my boyfriend dies that's hot (laughs) (laughs) when i drop this diamond that's hot (laughs) that's hot that's liberation that's That's emancipation um Um, that is such an iconic interview it's so yeah uh, and I just love that Emily is the one to have conducted it. I mean, it's just like... I know. No notes. No notes. No, it's great. Wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I think that is like... We were talking about this before, and it's like, I think, like, obviously so much about this, like, because we'll talk about the queerness, so much about the movie was, like, the heterosexual push. But if you just dig, like, half an inch under you, there are so many, like, articles and forums and people talking about, like lesbians love for leo in this how this movie could be like a lesbian awakening Mm -hmm. or why like gay men love titanic or like the queer like subtext to like a lot what's going on in the gender dynamics i mean we had said this before we started recording but at least for me like leo in this is like perfect androgyny that i would like to aspire towards you know what i mean it's that (laughs) Mm goal post of like can you ever hit that and i know i can't you can't but to aim for that goal post you know big gender envy huge energy yeah I don't know if it was this interview that sparked the creation of these memes or what, but have you seen the memes where it's just like stills from Titanic and it's Kate Winslet as she is, but then it's someone has like used like gender swap, like technology to make uh, Leo appear far more feminine, like, like a woman basically. And um, everyone's like, yeah. And then it just, and it looks so fitting and good and it doesn't even seem like it's it's like, yeah, this this just could have been the movie Titanic. For sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. I There's an amazing BuzzFeed article titled um, How Jack from Titanic Launched a Thousand Lesbian <laughs> Awakenings. And it's basically about how uh, Leo was so baby-faced and so kind of like androgyn- androgynous and, for lack of a better term, dressed like a 90s lesbian, um, <laughs> hair style and all. Yes. <laughs> That it was like sort of this transcendent aspect to the romance and that he 
it's it's sort of like the whole Titanic love story is a rejection of like classic masculinity totally and an embracing of like true equality that transcends class and gender and like is really about the core of the person that you love absolutely yeah to the extent that a lot of people have pointed out that jack's character is pretty in line with like the manic pixie dream girl trope yeah um which is including him dying at the end (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, which is a, a trope like usually embodied by women on screen. So for him to be like that, no, just like do whatever and break out of your shell and I'm going to be free. <laughs> well, it really does. It's like from every in like this rare way. I mean, it's like Rose has the upper hand in most situations culturally other mm-hmm. than traditional gender roles where like she has the upper hand in class she does make most of the final decisions in the relationship even though like Caitlin and I have talked about this in the past like Jack does get pushy in moments where you're just like Jack um (laughs) sir you know don't take a step back (laughs) yeah don't tell her that she is like uh losing her mind in the Titanic gym please um that would be sick but but in but in most situations like and and like Rose initiates their sex scene. Rose lives at the end. Rose decides to come back and jump off of the lifeboat mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. just like yeah. she's I don't know like I know that we were like really going for crumbs at this point in time, but like Rose is the far more active character and she lives at the end because I feel like sometimes, um. Like when women are active in stories, they are punished for having been active. Mm-hmm. But it's like Rose is just like the dominant character throughout the entire story. And yeah. it's not a problem. Yes. I love how it doesn't, you know, she's such a good active character because her her like active choices don't remove any sense of vulnerability like mm-hmm. she's able to continue to make these decisions even like being even like saying I'm gonna jump off the ship like I'm gonna kill myself that's an active decision that still like reveals a vulnerability about right. herself she does not harden into like this brittle badass shell just because she like chooses to make her own decisions but I do think like over and over again throughout the movie we see the gender roles flipped whether it's jack being the damsel in distress who rose has to like axe Axe out out. (laughs) with one of the funniest comedic beats in the movie yes (laughs) and that they don't like marry sue her in that moment and she like genuinely doesn't know what the fuck she's doing and Mm -hmm. still fucks up but like lucks into doing it right like it's just so good also the scene where he's like brooding uh, it's sunset he's like on the like railing or whatever and then she's like hello jack and he turns around and she's like they told me you might be here and then he's like and now you're gonna fly and then they like fly and that's when they kiss for the first time like Mm -hmm. it was her choice to come back to pursue him like she could have easily just like Mm -hmm. succumb to the pressure of her family because it's not long before that that her mom is like you are not to see that boy again and right. she's just like, actually, fuck all that. I'm going to do what I want. I'm on a cruise. I'm on vacation. You can't My- make me marry Billy Zane, which <laughs> is like the biggest flop she makes in the entire. She sh- like, 
I would marry Billy Zane over DiCaprio because um, I'm already too old for him. So. <laughs> yeah. Also, one We're of them is giving a capital A acting performance. You know, mm. Billy Zane is giving the theatrics that Billy's- Leo just cannot give. <laughs> he and Kathy Bates are neck and neck for campiest performance in the movie. It's, yes. Well, actually, maybe Fabrizio. Danny Nucci is also really kind of oh. giving a lot of camp because he's just Mama so aggressively mia, not Leo. Italian. He's literally <laughs> like, he's like, okay, my inspiration for this character is Mario. Like, yes. <laughs> Chef Boyardee, can I channel do, him? Do, 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 is Fabrizio coming into the scene. <laughs> when they win, like, the poker game, the Mario music plays, like, you get the power up. There you go. <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> oh, oh damn. They are like Mario and Luigi running to the boat. They're like dodging, you know, I obstacles. Like, they leap across. They have a good little friendship. Um, oh, they're dating. They, they, you know, they, they, they are dating. dating. They are they're dating. dating. Yeah, sometimes like, they bring in. so cool about it. Yeah. yeah, and then sometimes they bring in Irish Tommy as their third. You know, They're, it's uh-huh, really, uh-huh. it's really beautiful. But then mm-hmm. Irish Tommy falls in love with them so much, he's like, "I'll take a fucking bullet for you because I love you." <laughs> I love Irish Tommy, Irish Tommy is so intense for no reason. I'm like, do you have anyone in your life that you would feel this strongly about someone that you just met? Um, no. But I love that about him. I've done mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's, taking a bullet. Yeah. Taking a bullet. Yeah. It's I was like, like, oh, he, you're nice. <laughs> he, he recognizes main character energy when he sees it. Mm. He does. You know, I'm going to align yeah. myself with these people. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but I, I think that is. The, oh, sorry. No, oh, no. Go, go, go. Well, I think it is like what we're talking about. Like all these tertiary characters do like add some weird, like quiet, queer undertones to the whole like movie, like within the like the comfort of their relationships and how quickly and like thoroughly they're able to become like quote unquote found family, if you want to say. Like there's no reason Tommy should become friends with them, but they're all sort of because of class, obviously, but however you want to read into it find each other and like want to defend each other to the death mm-hmm. i mean i think that again very obvious surface level thing but i am constantly impressed every time i watch this movie about how the class dynamics are very again straightforward and out there but really effective for the movie um mm-hmm. and that there is so much time taken to set them up in yeah. tape one for the tape to pay off mm. when it could be a, assumed that yeah yeah i mean <laughs> it, it it could it could be assumed that we would care about these characters just because we understand that they're less privileged people and right. like whatever we should care about them but like cameron goes the extra mile to set that up to yeah. really like give us the time and the space with them totally i mean the setup and payoff like i was uh, i forget whether it was an article or whatever i was reading but it was going through like all of the setups and payoffs in this and it was talking about there's like a tape one setup where fabrizio gets the <laughs> knife and that knife does not appear until the end of tape two when he is cutting the boat string and it's like small shit like that that james is able to like set up and bring back like every single thing jimmy c is big jim (laughs) pays off these things in spades and it makes it so rewarding as a viewer just to watch like emotionally and just entertainment wise when things actually play out how you want them to Mm -hmm. like the attention to detail is so thorough that it makes it so much better of a movie than if someone just like kind of slap dashed a titanic Again, thing together assumes that you'll care right because. right and it's like just historic enough that i feel like part i mean i know that it was like the romantic aspect was b- 
by far the biggest draw of this movie, but it's like you can make the argument if you're someone like me when I was 11 that I was like, I want to watch Titanic, but I can't justify thinking that romance is awesome and like I want to look at boobs and this is exciting for me. Um, <laughs> like there is like so much attention to detail and like even, I don't know, like it, I, one of the moments of the movie that always stuck with me so much and this is like, in no way campy or fun but like when the when the first mate like takes his own life in the middle like you didn't need to show mm-hmm. that but he did because he knew that it happened because he did his fucking mm-hmm. research and it's like a huge and he like you know like effectively planted it earlier in tape one of like you actually yeah. feel that even that you're like oh he's you know killing himself out of this like deep shame for all of the like he sold out man and thus jimmy must kill him but also like jimmy didn't even need to kill him it happened it right happened. Oof. yeah and even the the sort of the details that are either later proven to be more legend than fact are used with like such good emotional intent like my favorite dude victor garber oh. as oh. thomas andrews oh. and the clock moment is like used yeah. to such like good thematic purpose God, that you're so like it was the right decision to keep that in there even if it's not 100 percent historically accurate but also like a ship was sinking right. whose testimony are you really gonna trust the also queer corner. icon okay. victor garber like it yes just right. is so good it's so good so that's good. i mean there are so many mvps of this like i think like on my watch this time it was like what there's like the capital like t- above the title billing people who are always delivering you have like the main people like even like the smallest of extras are all giving such great performances like top to bottom everyone is so on the same fucking page and because of that it just works to build like this cohesive world and i think it is like the thing with avatar where people were like why do people like coming back to pandora and i think it's the same with titanic it's because when you have so much investment in a world and it becomes so real to live in that like you don't want to leave when the movie ends and i mean like i felt it this time it's like oh I kind of want to rewatch Titanic again. Like, can I? And it's like the same with fucking Avatar. Where people are like, oh, I want to stay in Pandora. And like Cameron's ability to create these worlds that are just so palpable to live in yeah. is what makes it yeah. so successful. As evidenced by Caitlin's story, you rewind the VHS. <laughs> right. You watch, you watch it twice it again. in a day. He does yeah. the same thing with handling tension in mm-hmm. a way that like, I, so obviously historically, we know that Titanic hit the iceberg what <laughs> i know excuse me no. sorry about it um he just thought that mr ismay was gonna get his headlines and then we don't know what happened <laughs> we don't know <laughs> what it's a mystery but every time every time i watch this movie i'm 120 times later the scene where they are approaching the iceberg they've spotted it they've taken all these measures to try to avoid it the tension is handled so well in that scene that i'm like oh, maybe this time it'll veer off and just barely miss it. I think I'm like, this could be the time, you know? Right. Even though I know what happens and I've seen it a million times and I know what happens in history, but it's just like this beautiful, masterful handling of tension where it's just like, is it going to hit? Is it going to miss it? I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, to, to be able to um, balance the tension of this, uh, like the macro and the micro, mm-hmm. like looking at the inter interclass, but also like individual tension on the ships at the same yeah. time that everything is coming to a head with the ship hitting a literal iceberg um, is amazing. 
it's the process. It's like, I think what's so well is like in the beginning, oh no, now I'm blanking on a name, Mr. Glasses with Bill Paxton <laughs> in Bill Paxton's sexiest performance ever. Yes. Um, so we, we're uh, the and modern. And saying modern. something too. I know. He has a lot of sexy little performances. Not the, the little R.I.P. The earring and the sweater. Whew. Oh, Rock and the, just that like mop of the <sighs> hair and the highlights. And he's bad. Oh. And he's a little bad in this one. He's a, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh, like him. we get that setup where it's like, this is how the Titanic falls apart. And you remember that. So when the Titanic starts falling mm-hmm. apart, you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen next. And yet you're watching it play out in succession. It's that thing, Caitlin, where you're like, you know what? Maybe it won't happen. But you know in your head because they told you fucking in two hours <laughs> earlier, this is what's going to happen yeah. to all of our characters. Yeah. And it works so well. It's perfect. It, you're, you're speaking, it, of course, about Mr. Bodine and his thank you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. With the smiley face with like the Nirvana t-shirt. There, <laughs> right. It's so... I like. I, I also... I remember my grandfather may he rest in peace walking rest in, in peace, on my cousin and I watching this movie for the thousandth time and like going on some like tangent and the flick because he had also managed to see Titanic certainly not voluntarily but like <laughs> he whatever but he was just like oh this is like <laughs> people don't actually listen to old people like that this is a fantasy <laughs> so it's also a fantasy for grandparents that imagine that Bill Paxton would want to hear what they were up to right. um, and 84 they- years ago which mm-hmm. Bill Paxton I would say you know in his day-to-day life I don't know what he was like he seems lovely but I would guess maybe he wasn't like what were you up to in 1912 so it's also right. like everyone gets something out of this the fantasy of being listened to for apparently days at a time right. how long is she talking for oh yeah. my well God. we figured out at one point there's a costume change so the people who were like right. watch it's like listen to her story they're wearing t- at least two different outfits so it seems as though she tells her story for several hours it's bedtime takes a nap that's <laughs> and then lunch the, the next day she continues her story she, yeah, do you think like she stops when they hit the iceberg? Yes, she is the like, VH1 star. Just one, tape one? Yes. yes. Oh, I yes. love that Gloria mm-hmm. Swanson was the screenwriter canonically yeah. for this story. And, right. <laughs> she, and she knows how, that's because that's a cliffhanger. She knows tension. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's had time to like figure out where the beats are in this story. And also, she's had almost like, a century. Oh, 84 years. She, yeah. No one has better timing than Ooh. dropping the heart of the ocean into said ocean <laughs> after Icon. you finish your story. It's like, so good. She, I do think that it's so classic Cameron where he like just can't help himself or like giving everyone like a little bit of like the screenwriting, the filmmaker like yes. pizzazz. Like everyone knows that they're in a story. Right. Um, But... Uh, yeah, I think that like there is an element to the secrecy of Rose and Jack's mm. romance that sort of like transcends time and space and yeah. that like there was no record of any Jack Dawson. Like, how do we even know that he existed? Like um, that we, the audience, are kind of like the third member of this like secret romance. Ooh, all, you know, the two third. billion dollars worldwide of us. Right. <laughs> um but like that it it's something that Rose can keep just yeah. for herself. I, I like that mm. sort of like clandestine nature. Again, it makes a lot of sense when you look at the parallels between that and Portrait of Lady on Fire in which like that romance, even though it's dominating the whole movie, is like completely secret to 
everybody else and like will remain so for the rest of time right um unless you know what's on page 28 exactly you're like, unless mm-hmm. you know uh if you know you know but i i there was um there's a kind of like fascinating article that was in cracked.com by ryan menenzies sorry if i'm mispronouncing that that like is this kind of interesting like trans mask reading of Titanic about mm. how like you can really interpret the movie as this like completely forbidden and cl- mm. clandestine relationship in which like the women in upper class are like the only people that help Jack like primarily Kathy Bates for sure um, yeah. is the only one who sort of like takes him under her wing and how that can be like this you know um rec- recognizing of queerness and like how Rose's repression Mm -hmm. can be applied to that and her, her desire to be an independent woman and like use Jack's death to technically yes, get married, but mostly to like be free. And as Celine Sciamma says, like ride horses and wear pants and like like, out comfortably. Yes. Live as like a liberated woman, not just from the thumb of like mm, the patriarchy, but also from the thumb of like a, a forced romantic choice mm. um it's no, a re- it's 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 kind of a wild article but i would be lying if i said that i wasn't impressed i was like oh You're shit like, Ooh, eyebrow oh shit i can see this <laughs> well i think it's like because she also like it's like similar with the article like there is like her art and i think like watching like this time like with the nudes with jack like she just does not really care about like the like nude naked body like i it's feel like Rose's at the time idea. right like a lot of the upper class women would be like oh my god right. a nude body and she's, she's like curious and wants she's, to partake in like girl, this activity she's, she's horny she like, asked uh, she, him to yeah. do it like it's so that still doesn't really happen a lot i don't know i just like i love i mean like my awakening in this movie was very much like rose centric yeah um, which is maybe the boring awakening the unnuanced <laughs> uninteresting <laughs> but like i was just i just like lo- i like wanted to kiss rose and i also wanted to be like her it was just like so yeah. exciting and like i don't know in a lot of ways that like i mean there were like plenty of like women i was like oh what's going on here what am i feeling what is this but um but like with rose i just feel like the way that james Cameron wrote women at least at that time i feel like he doesn't even do it this well anymore um but like the way that rose is written like it just like there was so many elements to her there were parts of her that i wanted to emulate and there were parts of her that i was like really drawn to in a way i didn't understand yet and then like i don't know she's just like such an amazing character to kind of glom onto i'm so glad i saw her when i was like a kid yeah Mm. i do think she is a good role model like yeah is she she feels fully formed and she feels like young in that particular way one because kate winslet was what 19 when they were filming this but she she really does have this like sort of youthful unfinished like Mm. gloss to her that i really like because it makes the the little moments like jack teaching her how to spit or like like a man like a man (laughs) or like the the moments with the axe like they they don't come off again as like manic pixie dream girl ish or like one of the boys like it 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 feels very genuine obviously incredible the the biggest props to kate winslet Mm -hmm. for 
doing that 100 percent. but you feel it no yeah i mean i think like what you were saying too is like it's with the like gender dynamics like a quote i wrote down was like with jack it's like you could almost pass for a gentleman you don't want to stay out here with the women do you it's like all like playing within mm -hmm. these like gender lines and they're constantly like assuming like just because of jack's class but if you just read like another line into that you're like jack's staying with the women jack is able to pass in this instance he's more comfortable etc cetera, et cetera. yeah with women and i think there is something very cool about like the reciprocity that rose and jack give to each other it's yeah. pretty honestly impressive given everything we know about the taste of america that the greatest love story quote unquote ever told is like actually genuinely pretty healthy yeah. that like shocking <laughs> it, right it's actually shocking that it is about like listening to each other and like a lack of judgment and paint, you know, draw me like one of your French girls. Okay. Like I will. And not, um, what are you talking about? A like woman there's... supporting a man's art. You kind of hate to Oof. see it, but she's doing it. <laughs> but also she's getting a commission for like, she gives him a, like a dime, but it's a joke. Cause she's like, well, yeah, I'm in. I'm I'm wealthy, so like, here's your dime, you fucking loser. Right. Hope you're good you at drawing titties. I have perfect titties, <laughs> and then it's like DiCaprio can't draw titties, and then you see. I oh, I just love seeing James Cameron's 45 year old hand entering the shot to draw that <laughs> image. It's so yeah. iconic to me that you're like, wow, that's never been less. Leonardo DiCaprio's Young. hand. DiCaprio's hand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the the sort of like exchange is really funny. I give you 10 cents. You give me the most erotic experience of my life. Right. <laughs> yes. Incredible. His head it. snap when she's like talking about it, he's not looking, not looking. And then he just like whips his head up like, yeah. what? Only eyes bug what? out of his head. What? He goes, wee woo, wee woo. It's so good. <laughs> Have you seen the deep fake of that scene oh. where it's Arnold Schwarzenegger as Rose. I have. <laughs> Dear Lord, no. I oh, have, I have yes. seen that. I kind of forgot it. I think I blocked that out. People share <laughs> you, it to me so often. And, and <laughs> so I've seen it many times. <laughs> anyway. No, but I mean, listen, it is erotic. And I think that like what we, uh, Jamie, what you were saying earlier about the fantasy that like people will listen to your stories when you're old and like actually care about what you have to say. It's also like sort of a fantasy that like your desire for like sex and romance and meaningful relationships doesn't go away as you age and that you can like remember the eroticism mm. and this, yes. this idea of like not just um eroticism like for the sake of it but like the empowerment that comes through that and how like her rose being able to like be an active participant in this you know courtship with jack is like what gives her strength yeah mm -hmm. and she's st mm -hmm. she still is like up about it like i feel like what's so fun is like in the modern day she's like yeah i was a dime piece i was hot as fuck that yeah. was the sexiest like day of my life that's like, my being, picture yeah right like be like her like having <laughs> such control over that and being able to like come back to it 84 years later is mm -hmm. so beautiful yeah mm -hmm. aspirational oh my i like wish honestly sex that sexy happened to me when i was you know like coming of age because i would just right? be like hey everyone i 
uh, dated someone in the Navy and it didn't work out. Thanks for coming. Uh, like, she has a story and it needs to be yeah. told. That's beautiful. Their relationship, I would say, and Jamie, you were alluding to this earlier, and it's something that we've talked about on different episodes of the Bechdel cast, but there is this like kind of weird pushiness that Jack has sometimes yeah. where he's like, Rose, do this, Rose, do that. And she's constantly saying no. And I think the movie and like, like James no, Cameron's Jack. trying to telegraph to the audience, like she's just trapped in her rich lady shell and she needs to break out of it. So that's why she's protesting. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, Jack, maybe listen when someone says no read to the you room. and respect the boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. But aside from that, the relationship is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like definitely a little pushy, especially at the end. It's very much like Rose do X. I know what to do on this shink, like sinking mm. ship, you know, mm-hmm. it's like when right. I mean, there are some funny lines from it. Like maybe this is bad. Maybe he's an asshole. But like when the guy's like walking through the sh- uh, valley of whatever uh-huh. shadow of death, he's like, you want to walk faster? I'm like, that's pretty funny. Be pushy <laughs> there, Jack. Yeah. Well, you don't need to be pushy to Rose in other ways. But there's a right. scene, the scene, the party scene below deck. Iconic, yes. first of all. Yes. Uh, another scene where Rose is like showing a lot of her badassery because she's like, I'm going to chug this beer. I'm going to smoke a cigarette. I'm going to do this like physically difficult, demanding thing when she's like doing ballet, this tippy toe ballet, ballet situation. Um, but Jack is so pushy in that scene. Well, so that's the thing. So he, yeah. he's like, okay, Rose, we have to get a little closer now. And without like checking to make sure she's okay with that, he just like kind of pulls her toward him. Meanwhile, across the room, feminist icon Fabrizio he's dancing with his girlfriend (laughs) and he says something like is it okay if I put my hand here and she goes Mm -hmm. and so Uh he's asking for consent meanwhile (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile Jack he gets some coins (laughs) (laughs) he gets a little star (laughs) Um, yeah uh, Jack is pushy he's not asking for consent he's not taking no for answers he's not respecting boundaries Fabrizio loves consent and boundaries and we applaud him for that unsung hero of the titanic yeah i would agree until he gets unceremoniously smushed uh, crushed by a, 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 a steam <sighs> and they uh, and whatever and, it's called and mr c really cuts to that falling in slow motion so you see fabrizio die really slow it's oh yeah brutal. <laughs> I think that's the best Fabrizio. Like watching it this time, and I mean, like, (laughs) oh no, you're watching the tape for the fifteenth time. Why do you keep killing me? Oh my god! (laughs) I feel like it's shocking, though. Like watching it, like as such a tape one head. Tape two is obviously like incredible and in how it like doles out the action and the suspense and how it constantly builds. But it's so refreshing to see bodies disposed of in a way that doesn't feel sort of haphazard or like careless. Like I think it's just because this movie came out at like such the right time. But like all the bodies that die, you do feel an element of like pang of like sadness for oh, all yeah. of them. It's not just like yeah. a CGI nothing. Like even when Homie gets dinged off the uh propeller which is my favorite death of all you feel horrible about it and like all of the deaths actually have substance and weight to them versus like other disaster movies where they're like let's fucking kill everybody what's our body count right yeah Mm -hmm. i think titanic is like the movie 
the James like that's the James Cameron movie where it's like by far on display the best. But we we recently covered the first Avatar movie, which has mm-hmm. so many issues. But there is a sequence that's like similar where you're like, oh, like this production is taking super close care to like let you know who's dying and how. Where yeah. like the scene where um Caitlin do it like there there are like a is this number the home of tree. Yeah, a sequence. number of deaths where, like, the yeah. colonizer humans are coming back and, like, the it's, like, a full five minutes of, like, how many ways can we kill these guys? And it's mm. fucking brutal and it's mm-hmm. so satisfying. And, like, I saw that movie in the re-release this past year as well and, like, people are losing it because it's, like... I guess it's in a different way because in Titanic it's kind of the inverse where it's like these people, you know, we would say they they don't have it coming. Uh, They just were on a little boat trip and that's and that's sad what happened. But like but in Avatar, you're like, why would you kill someone that way? People are ripped in half. Like it's just, you know, the movie feels like a movie to quote (laughs) Mr. Harry Styles. Go to the theaters. Uh, and we and yeah, we go yeah. to the theater. We come to this place. You might even say, oh for my magic. God. we for come magic. to this place to laugh, to cry, to care. Yeah, oh, we need people. All of us. They should have the Titanic <laughs> playing during the pre-roll. Like, why is Titanic not one of the movies Nicole I know. is watching? Let's, let's, get get <sighs> La La Land. Get out of La there. La Land. Wonder Woman. Like oh, uh, fun. Uh, uh, Jurassic World. I think that yeah, it's a very random selection. I I would love to see someone write about like because I'm sure that like the this is a total sidebar, but like the mo- the movies featured in that thing is so random that I have to assume that there's some contractual thing about what yes. movies it, you it can and cannot be. like Creed 100% sure. Creed two? Creed, but it's, like why Creed 2 it's so why is it one from each like major studio that was my initial something thought like and, but also no Disney movies no, no Disney, Disney no Marvel in that yeah. entire no Disney no Marvel no Star Trek there are yeah. places glaringly missing I just mm. I have I have did questions. you mean it's, Star Wars no Star Trek. Star yes. Trek. Yes, <laughs> I literally worked for Star Trek, and I'm constantly like, well, I don't know. Star <laughs> Trek. Same thing. I already uh, got paid. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. This <laughs> is a place to laugh, to cry, to care, though. Because yeah. well, Titanic, famous movie to cry to. You oh my know? god, yes. Um, mm. my crying beat that I can never seem to shake is to our point about caring about people dying. Is the quick little. Mon- sad montage oh of my God. all the passengers. The two old people <sighs> in the bed. You, the, I know, the, the kids being put to sleep. You mean Isadora oh. and Ida Strauss? Yep. Uh, the, the Macy's. The Macy's oh, they had founder. it coming. They had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> weren't, okay. those the, weren't those the ancestors of King Princess? Or am I misremembering that? Because I know that King Princess. King Princess is in is fact. Titanic nepotism. The heiress yeah. of Macy's. Yeah. It, I, was I right? It's, yes. Yeah. They show like their grandparents dying in James Cameron's Titanic. That's like. A level of nepotism most people couldn't even wrap their tiny brains around. Yes, no. King Princess's born name is Michaela Mullaney Strauss. Oh, and of course well, they don't want you to know that. that. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> of course not. I will wow. say, like th- that montage is fucking brutal, though. It That's, is such I, I, a tear I cry every time. 
But like, like some people do have it coming and they do go down properly. Like it is refreshing when like Guggenheim gets it. You're like, okay, nice. Like go mm-hmm. down like a gentleman. That's fine. Like yeah, good whatever, for you. whatever you gotta do, just die. Um, right. Oh, and then and then we want Bruce Ismay to perish, but to get but he smushed. gets his fucking headline. <laughs> he, yeah. But also, like the movie goes way out of its way to like make sure that you fucking hate him. Yeah. Yes. I think what's yeah. so fascinating this watch, I always forget it, is when our king Billy Zane and the kid, I always think that he's actually going to do the one good thing and save the kid. And it really like keeps you on that edge for like two minutes where you're like, Billy Zane's gonna save the kid. He's gonna do a good thing and help this kid. And he's like, I'm going to use this child actually as my shield to get on this boat. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> like Meat I, shields the kid. Yeah. I have a child. A child. I respect a shitty character through and through, especially yeah. if they're played with as much zest and zeal for life as Ooh. Billy Zane is. Oh, playing. look at these Z's you're throwing out okay, there. All right, let's um, but it's fun. Like he, it's fun to hate him. You yes. don't necessarily feel like you need to rip him in half. Like he's not so. I mean, he. He's, to be clear, I'm, he really sucks. The table scene but deserves he's it. Awful, but, but he's still so wonderful to watch. It's exactly. hard to explain. Yeah, yeah. you can. Because so I, I feel, I feel the same about the villain in Avatar, where like Miles Quaritch. Yeah, he's having such a fun time oh, hamming it up that you yeah. can't like really hate him. Yeah, yeah. Jordan's a Pandora head, an, uh, a Navi, Wait. not a Navi truther. Same way. Wait, I have a, I have a question I, for I, the room. I see you. <laughs> question for the room. Okay, I, I see you. you. Oh, I'm I sorry. Have, I'm interrupting. My, I don't want to. <laughs> my hat, my shirt are in the other. I think that honestly, I mean, not quite, but like, I have a lot of Titanic merch, but my Avatar merch is kind of getting up there. Although, <sighs> Way of Water merch really left something to be desired. And this is a good forum to air this on, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I was at James. Hot Topic. I was there, and I was just like, "What is this? This is like such a bummer." I was so, I was so disappointed and let down. And then when I went to Pandora in Orlando because I had to, yeah. um, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I was buying the the kids merch was better than the adult merch, which is probably as it should be. But I was furious, and I was like buying child XL tie dye T shirts and just like trying to make it work. But um, you know, my one note for Avatar outside of a lot of things. <laughs> yes, better merch. merch. Yeah, there are there are definitely notes. Caitlin, what were you what saying? Was your my question, question for, the for the room is this? Sorry, <laughs> do you feel? As though, and I'm thinking specifically of Billy Zane's character and Bruce Ismay. I forget the actor's name. Um, it f- I feel like there is a possible reading of those two characters specifically that they're kind of, uh, they are giving, I feel so young when I say this, they're, they're giving me this energy. They're giving <laughs> kind of like they're queer giving. coded Disney villain Yes. Vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yes. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Hyde is J. Bruce Ismay. Mm-hmm. 
there uh, it's i completely agree i think you could even throw in factor. um lovejoy like into that like i feel like oh, lovejoy's yes. entire bit of like trying to break up this couple gives like very like classic like queer disney like ursula-esque energy where he's like always appearing and he's a, he gets he's a, a big henchman like right. come on yeah, yeah. no a hundred percent that like billy zane couldn't say body language the way that ursula does <laughs> body language. he absolutely ah. could ha like <laughs> yes. yeah so my follow-up question is and this is like completely i don't know if anyone has the answer but i guess i'll posit a theory because so many villains throughout cinematic history have been queer coded in that way, I wonder if like when someone's like, when Billy Zane got cast in the role, he's like, my character is obviously a villain. How do villains act in movies? How have I seen them act before? I and so like, no one tell him. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder if it's just literally. like yes, <laughs> like. It's the thing where like tropes beget tropes yes. beget tropes. So he's like, well, I'm a villain, even though, although maybe, maybe Cal Hockley is not a straight person. May like you know, I mean, that, all that anger is repressing something. No, I actually, I, I do think though, to your point, like the tropes beginning tropes, mm-hmm. I think is very accurate because I will talk as little as possible about the quote unquote live action Lion King. But like, <laughs> um, Chiwetel LG LG4's scar performance yes. is so clearly like trying aggressively to not be queer coded because like it's now too late and everyone has caught on to the fact that like the villains the villains were like too fabulous for their own good because the idea (laughs) is that like you're you have complete freedom as a villain you have no moral standards therefore you can basically like delight in the evil as much as you would like to which just turns into being very campy like a very camp like very quickly but now that that has been like discovered by the mainstream people are pulling back from it when i think it's just you could embrace it in a different way um but i really do think that like that is a hallmark of playing a villain is playing them big playing them over the top playing them with this air of like theatricality and campiness and like i i love billy zane's performance in this because Mm -hmm. again like we said he's so much fun to watch that it adds to the entertainment value while not taking away from kind of like the fact that he's a villain and you want him to it mm-hmm. i think like what i think it's also james cameron's style of storytelling like he i look i think the man is one of our best working directors we can or cannot talk about maybe some onset behavior but i think the, like, the way in, <laughs> the way in which he tells stories is so broad but like 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 this story like it's not the most well-written thing it some of the lines are a little clunky not nominated right for screenplay but like <laughs> these all these characters are such sort of like stereotypes of things and then like he adds like depth and nuance to them obviously but like for billy zane it's like billy zane is like a rich mustache twirling villain and Mm -hmm. like if you as you're saying like if you look at the history of like mustache twirling villains so many of them are queer coded if not like have more flamboyant energy so it would make sense for like a lot of his storytelling to have sort of some of these things like in these queer themes come through. I mean, like you look at aliens and that movie is definitely brimming with some queerness, obviously. So it's, Mm. you know, there are things throughout his career that you can kind of point to based on like the tropes that come with filmmaking. Yeah. And I think that the, the idea is that 
archetypal storytelling is heterosexual by nature, but that's not mm. really the case because like any trope can be applied and reapplied yeah. and like twisted and every single story has to do that in some way or another like what we've been talking about with titanic you have this sort of like classic love story that does have its gendered like bossy jack moments but also has a lot of like unusual tenderness and softness that like yeah instead of making the love story less accessible really elevates it even if at the same time it's quote unquote unheterosexualizing it mm. um mm. there's always like that balance oh my god brooke brooke turn the ship up ahead there's something in the way <laughs> they- we're gonna hit it brooke do you see it no but we actually want to hit this iceberg oh, we this do? is not an iceberg that will kill us this is oh. an iceberg that will provide us with quality merch oh for years God. to come rose and jack you're saved because here's the thing if you love movies the good ones even the bad ones everyone told you not to like not forget that iceberg this is a good movie this is a good movie super yaki is the place for you and while they currently what? don't have a titanic collection maybe we can change that in the future mm. i don't know let them know we'll do our best um but seriously from t-shirts to sweatshirts to keep you warm in those icy mm, waters yes. to socks to all types of cool partnerships with independent artists and books and merch of any kind if you love any sort of movies super yaki really is the place to go for all your wonderful clothing and accessory needs um they're the best people we are big fans of them huge fans and they really just keep topping themselves with every new drop including some old favorites that were previously not available so just know everything is always able to come back in style from super yaki i heard that rose is a fan like when she goes to the ship to find the titanic she's Mm -hmm. actually in a super yaki shirt wow that's so crazy yeah and I can't wild. believe I never noticed that in this no, movie it's from bananas. 1997. Under Bill Paxton's sweater, he's, he's actually wearing, wearing super a yaki. super yaki shirt. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you got to follow Bill Paxton's 100% follow his game. lead. Yeah. Listen, Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Oh, my God. Just like the heart of the ocean. Um, <laughs> They use eco-friendly packaging. They have, you know, environmentally friendly alternatives to online shopping. And guess What? What? You are our hearts of the ocean. Oh, my God. And we have a gift for you. Oh, my God. You know, it might not be as much as a first-class cabin on the Titanic, but we can do our best. It's pretty dang good, Listeners though. of the show can save 10% on your Super Yaki order with code SUPERQQ at checkout. That's SUPERQQ, all caps, no spaces. That's like a free ticket to the Titanic. So what are you waiting for? If the ship moves you or if, you know, you happen to win some confidence in a poker game oh my and gosh. just really want to explore everything Super Yaki has to offer, you can check them out at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Jordan, do, 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 do. Super Yaki will go on. Do, 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 do. As will our hearts. Do, 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 Thank do, you. Do, do, do. I think like in a lot of reading, so much of like Jack, what people love about him and like what became like Leo Mania was because he's sort of such a soft boy he's in this for a lot boy. of the movie. <laughs> you know, like, he is like tender, like again, d- not to keep going back to the sex scene, but like in the sex scene when he's like trembling, etc. It's very much just like the like, oh, let me hold you, blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. like Which it's just, like, his... it's like such yeah. a subversion from like 
romantic like especially yeah it's like totally. so so much of like what this no matter how you read it even if you're like whatever like dead brain reading it as like this is the <laughs> most heterosexual text to ever exist which it obviously is not but like even if you're reading it as that it's a very unusual like hetero relationship where it's like yeah part of what's so appealing about Jack is that he is like sensitive and like says what's on his mind. And like, that's something that Rose has never encountered before because she comes from, and I feel like it's sort of in a way that, Ooh, I guess we've never really talked about this before, Caitlin, but like it associates um, like rigid masculinity with class in a way that a lot of Mm -hmm. movies don't. And in a way that like, isn't like super widely applicable because you know, like, uh, cruelty and and patriarchy exists across the class spectrum but i i kind of like that it's like this character that is of a different class from her and is from the working class that is like shown as because i feel like it's so often that men from lower classes are you know sort of portrayed as uniquely violent in a way that is absolutely not true and like Mm -hmm. but this movie is is firmly like patriarchy is like most prevalent among the higher classes and that's why he's so appealing to her yeah and i think that i think that like um the unsinkable molly brown kathy bates character serves as kind of like a further exploration of that theme because she's new money she's she is uncomfortable in this world in the same way that jack is and i think like i mean i from a very early age was always like molly brown lesbian icon whether or not i knew (laughs) to identify it that way she just really is giving like rich gay cool energy Mm -hmm. yes in this movie and i love that she's sort of like Jack's handhold through the whole thing because she's like look they don't like me either and Mm -hmm. like it's because I don't play by their rules whether it because it really is like she's an independent woman she's traveling alone it's not considered proper and I think like the idea is that whatever Rose is in her gilded cage Jack is more free it's this whole kind of like it's all part of the class soup but I, I really like that idea that like the the rules of being upper class are disastrous to you no matter like who you are no matter your gender or kind of like your place yeah class regardless of which class you belong to (laughs) is a prison um is a prison (laughs) i I, there's that scene where they're at a luncheon perhaps i'm not sure what Mm -hmm. meal it is but um what hap- there are two kind of notable things that happen in that scene. Ismay, I think it's the same scene. Ismay is talking about how huge his dick is. And by that, I mean how huge Titanic is. Yes. And <laughs> Rose says, oh, have you heard about Dr. Heard Freud, Freud, Mr. Ismay? His, his, um, your male preoccupation with size or his theories on the male preoccupation with size might be of particular interest to you. And then you see it, And then it cuts to, <laughs> it cuts to a few different characters reactions. Molly Brown is going like, hey, yeah, yeah. got his ass. And then like Ruth is like horrified. Cal isn't right. even paying attention. Um, Classic. And then in that same, I think it's the same, again, think it's the same scene, but um, then uh, Molly Brown notices Cal ordering the lamb, very rare, with little Ooh. mint sauce. Um, and 
she says like are you going to cut her meat for her too because cal orders yeah. for both of them so it's like laying this groundwork for like these are two like like women who have like strong minds they're not about to accept the status quo that has been like enforced upon them and they're yeah they're just like fuck it and then you see I do like my one of my gripes with this movie is that I wish you saw more interaction between Molly and Rose. Yeah. And because I understand like, yeah, it makes sense that um, Rose or that uh, Molly and Jack kind of like pair up because they both have known a lower class lifestyle. Um, But I'm like, yeah this relationship's right there between totally. Rose and Molly. Why aren't they hanging out and talking about how much, um, how much Cal sucks. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like like and that, cool art and right. like just being a badass in general. I feel like that brings in the like Ruth character, like Frances Fisher, who obviously like bodies the performance, but like, bodies. I think her character also exists in this like interesting nebulous. Like if we're coming at like class because she, like technically like rose and her were like a part of the upper class and are sort of like on this last grasp trying to maintain control within this yeah Yeah. and like ruth's specific approach to trying to basically like sell out her daughter for her own good and benefit to maintain class yeah and how that has like how class to her like and this woman has completely warped her and like lost her sense of like reality to her and her relationship with her daughter mm-hmm. which is so sad yeah and i think that like the heart of the ocean other than being just like really fucking cool fucking stone um is this great sort of i don't know let's see what can we i feel like there's some cinematic term for it but like this great representation of like the the gilded prison of class and Mm -hmm. how i think that like i i certainly remember watching this movie when i was young and being like no she throws it into the ocean are you crazy and then a couple (laughs) years later being like oh that's actually like the best thing yeah best that you could do like she's throwing a society into the ocean Yes, she's she's finally ready to like let go fully. The idea is that like she's been waiting to tell her story about her and Jack and like she can't let go of this last vestige of kind of like her past and Cal and Jack all tangled and her mother all tangled together until she sort of like is at peace with it. Yeah. Um, It's like a recovery of trauma too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she almost died (laughs) and saw like the love of her life die in front front of her her eyes. Um, (laughs) I mean, wow. I just, I can't believe I just thought about this. I don't think anyone has ever brought this up (laughs) about Titanic before, but go for it. Do you think oh, they no. could have both fit oh, on the dark? I'm not even going to finish I this sentence because I really don't want to talk about it. I really don't want to talk about it. When you were saying crying, I thought you were going to bring up the ending in which she goes to I'll heaven on the Titanic. And oh, it is the, very, the saddest very scene end. of Thank all time. Thank you. She dies. No, 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 no Caitlin. Before you start debating, <laughs> do you both think that Rose dies or that Rose, quote unquote, goes to sleep? She dies. Th- she's dead. No, she's fucking yeeted no, out of there. Thank you so fucking we, much. We, I feel because amazing. We, we fade to white. We don't fade to black. Black is like associated with sleep. <gasps> We're fading up to white. Like she is and literally going up to heaven. Like, like so the camera, the camera tilts with the up film on like school. the final shot. Also. The captain is the last person that we see when we're going up and the captain goes down with the ship to death. 
She's fucking dead. Okay. Wow. You Counter just argued theory. it better than I have in six years. And you're so fucking right about that. Caitlin's about to tell you the Thank wrongest you. thing you've ever heard. So here it goes. But we welcome, we welcome all opinions. Yeah, all, this is a safe space. <laughs> okay. Here's what happened actually is that Rose has spent the past several days regaling this story, this magnificent tale. She It conjures a lot of emotions and memories for her. She's never been more alive. She's never been more... She's invigorated with life. She's not about to die. She's healthy. She's young. She's sprite. Okay? And then, because she's just been talking about this story and, like, recounting all these memories, of course she's going to have a dream about it. Like, this is all... It's all fresh in her mind. So she falls asleep. She has a dream. She's in perfect health. And she's going to wake up the next morning and probably keep telling a little bit more of the story to Bill Paxton. There's no then more story. Then we fucked again. <laughs> She bothered to be like, I love, no, because Rose's story was really and truly done. Like, she was like, oh, yeah. And then, as you know, there was a stock market crash. So, anyways, you know, Billy Zane, don't bother following up on him. He's fucking cooked. Right. Well, never, yes. I love, that's, that's maybe one of my favorite oh. details is that so she good. gets to be like, by the way, he fucking shot himself. Yeah. Like, yeah. Due to capitalism. <laughs> He yeah. died <laughs> of like shame that he never fully internalized or understood. And you're yeah. like, yeah, yes. that's about what, what would happen to that character realistically. Yeah. 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 It's, it's nice. It's like he survived all of this just to, just to have capitalism bite him in the ass at the very end. The thing that he used a child, a literal child for collateral for. Yes. The thing that he made like, him nope. so horny killed him. Yeah. And I, that, that will happen to me someday. <laughs> Caitlin, I do have a question on your theory. Like, yes. because like I think this ending works so well. Like, have you seen the alternate ending, right? Yes, the of insane course. unhinged one. I feel like that one would have led more credence to your theory because mm-hmm. it's so much more involved with like everyone. But I feel like the personal of the one that we get, where it's just her, makes it more kind of deathy. You know, that's my only thought. I understand but, like, that you know. Although I've read the script, we've yes, we've seen the script. Yeah, he leaves it not good. Intentionally ambiguous. It is very intentionally ambiguous in the script, so it's it is open to interpretation. And so I can see the read that she would die. um, But I choose to think that Rose is immortal. I -hmm. think that. Titanic gave her power. Mary Sue behavior. Mary Sue behavior. She's mortal. She's dead. Look, she's going to live to be a hundred, a hundred and eighty-four. A hundred and eighty-four. It's been a hundred eighty-four years. Telling it now, she um, opens the movie I again. I just want to say very quickly the the um, unhinged alternate ending, which yes. I had like not known of, and I've I've never seen it. You have to, bro- bro- is, you gotta watch it. I mean, it's, it's wild. Listen, it's it's they made the best decision ever, but it's essentially Bill Paxton, Brock Lovett, like goes to the prow of the ship where Old Rose is potentially committing suicide, and is like, wait, no, and she's like, ha ha, it's just the heart of the ocean, it's worthless, and then throws it into the yes. sea, and Brock Lovett is like, oh, my life has been a lie, ha ha. And then he leaves yeah. <laughs> and then mr oh, bodine no. comes up and he's like that really sucks lady like the dialogue in the scene <laughs> and is goes really like, bad <laughs> yes. like, it's very like burner <laughs> you're like why did i watch that <laughs> um correct decision made because yes. i love it. listen dream or heaven 
non-withstanding. Mm-hmm. I think that it is kind of audacious to end the movie on such a on a note that would seem so incredibly sappy both on paper and I would imagine even in the editing room. Totally. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Everyone claps for them. Yeah, but it fucking rules, <laughs> no, Brooke. I know. That's the thing. It works, but it's crazy that it works. The fact it's also her perspective. Yeah, like, we're in so her sweet. perspective until the camera, like, basically, like, steadies around to, like, see the two of them. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And also, what's so good is we get that shot also earlier. It's, again, another yeah, setup and it's payoff. A, it's a good, it's a good call back god yeah so um up how but it's that last shot is yeah mm-hmm. it's it's really just like one of the things that cam oh cameron is i do think like one of the only working directors who somehow manages to get away with these decisions that do not seem good and yet like totally work tonally with the story yes. like mm-hmm. he's able to connect this historical romance to modern day and he's also able to end it with a romantic moment when one character is dead and the other character is, you know, a hundred years old. Right. It's true. No, but it works. And it, it it, he's done it also. Like what's fucked up is the man keeps doing it. <laughs> he, like he did it with he Avatar. He did it with Terminator. He does it here. It's like the same stories where you have the relationship in the middle of this action movie. It's just this one sort of front loads the romance more than the other movies do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's like he's kind of been telling the same story. But that's like all storytelling. It's just you're telling the same story over and over in different ways. But... Anyways, he can't stop making a billion dollars, and I think yeah, no, what a he, now he can't stop making two billion dollars. Two billion, he just right. is addicted to it. There is a an interesting um, sort of like little anecdote that I heard that he gave on the Avatar to Avatar: The Way of Water press tour about how Avatar: The Way of Water is about him reckoning with the fact that like he was too obsessed with filmmaking and like started treating his family shittily as oh, yeah. a result and that it's like him reckoning with the fact that he might have been like a-, a terrible father and I always think it's interesting to see filmmakers do that especially someone like James Cameron who does have this reputation for being very demanding on set um obviously there was like some crazy shit that went down on the Titanic set but that seems yes. it was mostly due to uh factors beyond everyone but control. also he was pretty awful like Kate Winslet yeah. got pneumonia yeah. But then she also got into a water tank for him again. So it's complicated, apparently. Right. <sighs> yeah. yeah. It, there was like the quote she had where she was like, I, she was like, I would never work with James Cameron again unless she earned, quote, a, like a lot of money. So I'm sure she probably got a ton of money for Avatar I mean, 2. Mm-hmm. But I also, so. I think like, I don't know. I think with him, he's definitely mellowed out based on like every single thing you've heard. Like, I think one, this movie was like the most expensive movie to make at the time. Yeah. So there's the pressure of that. They're building the Titanic basically (laughs) in a brand new studio in Mexico. So it's like, I understand the pressure, but like every story is like, this was the hellish shit to be on. Yes. And then you have obviously the PCP incident. Yes. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it because Katie Rich has an amazing article in Vanity Fair, um, titled Titanic's Greatest Unsolved Mystery involves a conga line, PCP, and an unidentified chowder. Wish I was there. But just know if you want to read an article that recounts the very true story of the fucking crew of Titanic 1997 getting high off PCP from muscle chow, allegedly muscle chowder, um, please go do that. It's nuts. Sounds and great. I can't believe Hard I didn't agree. know about it. Yeah. It's such a good story. It's so... Uh, 
the people must know. Now, I feel like it, I would be remiss because we started off the episode with it and we haven't talked about it. <laughs> just I, a quick little corner for quick, the miniseries. Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, really where I thought Catherine you were going. Catherine Zeta-Jones' performance in this <laughs> miniseries. Undeniable. No, I feel like the score, like Celine Dion's music, and I feel like the way in which, like, I don't know. This is sort of like one of those things. And like I think it's what's fascinating about this movie in which, like, it plays with certain audiences, but the score is so fucking transcendent. And in a lot of articles I was reading about like men who listened and watched this movie, how it was actually able to like shockingly like resonate with them and be like crossover to like men crying, like at the score and like her song, et cetera, at the end, which I think is fascinating Mm -hmm. because like, obviously this movie makes a lot of money, but there was so much hand waving about like, why do guys and men like coming back to this movie? Who's going to see the chick flick about the lovers on the Titanic, ignoring the fact that the second half is a straight up action disaster film. Like, and like the most carefully crafted action movie and also grow up, just watch people be in love. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cry uh, to the song. It's good. It's okay to show your feelings, men. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's also oh the practical effects film bros should love this movie like it is like impeccable filmmaking and again the effects oh the water work with the fucking flick flickering lights yes Mm. i think it's a green i think it's a green flag if if you like titanic oh yes i because especially because it means that you you are aware of the cultural backlash and then you have like come to terms with the fact that you don't care Mm -hmm. because i think that like this is considered like the people's movie but if you're cool you don't like this movie like as you know it has that weird blowback so if you like this movie you're a normie with normie taste yeah right super normie taste um well guess what it's really good (laughs) and i really like it real ones have Um, grown the fuck up and true real ones Never I've seen that a hundred times. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like it's reached that point where it like became so parodied and so made fun of and so hated on that it like went all around. Like even like the King of the World stuff, you're like, I know this, but it's not cringe no matter how many times it's been like memefied. It like doesn't feel that way watching it anymore, which mm. is so refreshing. Like I feel mm-hmm. like there's so many times you could go back to stuff that's been memed and it's like the unironic like or like the ironic like snickering in the audience or like the haha like I know what that is. That's a meme. Right. But I do, I I do think like the cultural impact of this movie though, like to, to your earlier point, Jordan, about like men getting emotional during the movie, like the BBC did a study on like men crying, not during Titanic in particular, but like Titanic was like a major touchstone, basically men crying at movies. Um, Mm. One quote is is some men who might sneer at the idea of crying during Titanic will readily admit to becoming choked up during saving Brian Ryan or platoon for men in general. The idea of sacrifice for a quote unquote brother is a more suitable source of emotion than romance. And like, we're not surprised. (laughs) Yeah. Are we surprised? No, but I do think that it's interesting that that was like, analyzed men if they have felt weepy during titanic have often tried to be surreptitious about it and the idea that like Mm. this is this is a movie that does not generate the authentic type of emotions that like men should cry at i think it's just like another uh, first of all fucking stupid cry it's a good movie but like interesting again in this in this sense of like it has elements of a non-traditional 
love story. Maybe yeah. it's the the female gaze, the manic pixie dream girl of Leo DiCaprio, Leo mania. Teenage girls love him. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's also this idea of it's it's not necessarily a movie where men see themselves as Jack and women totally. see themselves as Rose. Interesting. Like yeah. exclusively, exclusively. I think that um it is written so young people in the theater can project themselves onto like either the lovers as a couple, like you were saying earlier, Jamie, someone to aspire to be like, but also to be with. Um, and it, I think that it just has so much more kind of like uh, malleability mm. and interest than even mm. something. Let's look at like the notebook. Like that is, I feel like a very like het gender rolled mm-hmm. movie. Mm. Um and this like does have a lot more softness to it when you actually look at the relationship between the two central people. For sure. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. And it's probably why it made a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking speaking and of money. And rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, listen, it is like, the stats on this are just crazy. You wrote some down. Do you want to rattle them off? Do you want me oh, to rattle them off? You can go for it. All right. Couple pointers. First movie to earn a billion dollars at the box office. Rules. In 1997, the average return viewer rate for movies was 2%. For Titanic, it was 20%. Yeah. That is bananas. Insane. My Heart Will Go Perfect. On was the world's best single in 1998. Obviously, Heart of the Ocean necklaces literally ran out of stock. And, uh, it's just bananas. Yeah. Uh, there was like a, a all these like articles and um like so many records are broken double thumbs up from siskel and ebert we love to see it um oscars it like yeah gets the most nom or ties for the most noms yes so titanic ties for the most noms ever and um wins 11 11 of them um should have won more should have won more the three that it missed for what it's worth were best makeup um which is a very cool nom because yeah they had to make a lot of people look like really dead um, I think like the frozen graveyard is one of the most haunting images ever. And that yeah. is incredible makeup in there. Yeah. yeah. So it lost to that. Kate Winslet lost best lead actress. It's okay. It's, it's fine. I understand. Uh, for what it's worth, the winner this year was Helen Hunt in as good as it gets, who I think mm. is d- definitely yeah. like deserving. And that I think she's a great yeah. actress. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it, it's super fucking cool that Kate Winslet was nominated for an Oscar this movie i think especially because leo isn't i just not not to be like haha fuck leo like we love leo to an extent um (laughs) we love his passion for the environment but like kate winslet (laughs) is so amazing in this movie and i think it's really cool that like for once yes the academy was like hey young woman leading an incredibly successful blockbuster movie yes yeah because she is the like front and center lead in this thing like even though like right yeah Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, she's like she is the heart of, oh of this film. Oh my god! Diamond. Um, and uh, to date, as of this recording, this is before the 2023 re-release, so it's gonna probably going to break another record. Mm-hmm. This movie has earned 2.2 billion dollars worldwide. There's nothing better. And it's yep. so uh, corny How much did you two contribute so to that? <laughs> oh, I have spent so much money on more money on Titanic merch than I was going to say. I was like, sales, I only, I, I, I feel like 
I really ran the two hard copies I've owned in my life into the ground. Like, <laughs> I don't actually know how much I've contributed because merch mm. doesn't count. That's true. Yeah. Mm. Do either of you own the VHS still? Uh, yeah, mm. I do. Yeah. do oh, it's not the one that go. I had nice. from it, but it is my childhood, but someone like yes. saw it at a yard sale and then they bought it for me. Oh, oh, that's very sweet. There is someone on, I want to say TikTok, that owns like a hundred copies yes, of the VHS or something. It. You know who I'm talking about. Oh my God. Um, it's a it little like that's scary. my alt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's me under a pseudonym. And we pull a heist. Can I, uh, did I cut you off talking about merch? Oh God yeah, no, forbid. my fucking merch, because as a merch head, I feel like Titanic merch is like good, but there should be like more merch. But I feel like this was the era where merch used to be good and like was good but like jamie to your point about avatar 2 i think merch has had a very steep fall off lately i think mm -hmm. we need to really bring it back so all i'm saying is for the re-release they should have some sort of something i don't know what you how you merchandise this movie more though well we were talking <sighs> very briefly off mic about the titanic retrospective like experience currently like that is in LA which is about to be clear the Titanic the ship not Titanic the, the film, film. Mm -hmm. but that has a lot yeah. of tie-in merch so Caitlin what were you oh yes I did attend that uh recently I went to that <laughs> exhibition and the merch there was really specific to the like exhibition and not there's like some like there's like a notebook that it says my heart will go on or something but it's like most of it does not reference the movie at all probably Which legally can't disappointing yeah rude opportunity. <laughs> um but i've managed to buy a lot of other merch throughout the years i don't know what would be good like re-release merch um did I, I got you. I won't let go. There, the um, I'm the king of the world. To the stars, like there's. Give so many me just quotes. a standee. I'm right. sorry. I need a t-shirt that says like all the the first letters of I put the necklace on the coat and I put the coat on her. Oh, oh my god. There's so many <laughs> okay. clothes. I would at this point you could even sell like villain merch for this. Like there's already yes. such a market for Disney villain. Start selling Hockley merch. I would be eating that shit Let's up. I have on. a child. Yes, I would buy that shirt. <laughs> I have you a buy child. the gun. I have a child. Yes. My personal favorite like little Love line you. from this movie that I think would actually make sick ass merch is a print of Rose's little letter that she leaves Cal. Darling. Oh, yeah. <gasps> that's good. That's so good. I would also oh, I frame that. that and put it on my wall as a decoration. Yeah. Yes. You know those? Shirts that say like just a bunch of characters' names listed. So yes. there should be, it's just like Rose. Jack and Rose, Rose and, and Ruth Jack. and Cal and <laughs> Fabrizio and Tommy and, and Molly Brown. Fabrizio. I couldn't do that one. I couldn't do that. Fabrizio as Mario merch. Like it really just there writes it is. itself. It writes itself. Yep. If anyone cool and creative is listening to this, Super Yaki fam, if you're Please. listening, <laughs> yeah. I do. Wait, let's make it happen. I have a question because I, I don't know how early on the internet you guys were because I was too early on the internet and my brain's forever broken. Mm -hmm. But I remember specifically when I got so into the Titanic and YouTube was just starting and people would cut trailers to fake movies that they wanted to exist. And there was a Titanic 2 trailer that used <laughs> oh, footage no. from it's back. the beach interspersed with this movie because Leo obviously yes. in the beach, he like washes ashore. And so the whole trailer is like him washing up on the beach and he's like alive and it like intercuts with mermaid. other Kate movies. <laughs> it is, I like have had that trailer seared in my brain since I saw it when I was probably like, 
mm, 10 or 11. And I was like, this is, this needs to happen. I would tell my parents, I'm like, guys, Titanic 2 is coming. Look at this. And they're like, that's, that's, that's not real. Fake. Stop okay. believing this. Well, you I, need to tweet that now. Yeah. The, the please video, I will find it. Okay. I would love to it, see um, it. I would be shocked if that's still on YouTube. I mean, well, if there's I, also footage surprised. from, what is that other movie that Leo and Kate are in together? Uh, Revolutionary, Revolutionary Road. Road. Yes. Yeah. They're fighting now. He and finds her in the city, he, and it's a tortured romance. He washes up on a beach in Inception. Like, there's lots of mm-hmm. content from. Mm-hmm. There's I, my version of that was when Pirates of the Caribbean one came out. There was this like I it was a GIF, but I didn't know what it was called at the time. But it was a GIF um, that someone had edited together that was very intriguing to me, and I couldn't I didn't have the language. But it was they someone had photoshopped um, Captain Jack and whoever orlando bloom's character like (laughs) making out for the whole gift for a long time Mm, good yes i didn't know where their career trajectories were headed i just knew that it made me really horny and i was 11 (laughs) and i was like oh and i saved it to my computer and then once i accidentally linked it in an im i sent and it's the most traumatic how embarrassing jamie i know i sent it to my friend at school and i was like Like, why do you have this so weird sorry i accidentally saved that that's fucking should we talk about it let's (laughs) does this like intrigue you too or do you find that hot too should how do i screenshot something (laughs) (laughs) should we actually find out though if the people are clamoring for a titanic Titanic absolutely do you want to guess the average letterbox rating oh no okay I know what I gave it, and it's a fucking fat five stars. Mm, but yeah. I feel like people on Letterboxd might be a little judgmental of this movie. And I think it's just because it's like there is still that cultural sort of backlash. I think if a movie wins Best Picture or it's popular, no matter what, you will have haters who like to hate the movie regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to play it not low, but lower than I would want to play it. So I'm going to go with like a 3.8. Okay. Caitlin, Jamie, would you like to put in a guess? Not required. I but. was thinking the whole time 3.7. Okay. I, I was thinking 3.75. Okay, I'll go 3.75. I'll, well, I'll decimate it. We're all in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah, well, I have good news. One of you is correct. Congratulations to Jordan. Oh, it is fuck, a yes. 3.8. Okay. And by the way, wow. there's a whole lot of fat there's, five stars. Oh, yeah. Well, it feels like good. I feel like in my head it's like the threes, a four, and then a five. It's mostly you know? four, four and a half, and five stars. You'll, you'll, you'll be happy to know. Um, But over a million people have watched this on Letterboxd. Woo, woo. What? Let's go. 39K reviews. It's chilling. We did realize that it is in like the top 20 most popular movies that we've ever covered but it's not like it's in not the top 10 as high as it should be um so the anyway, question is will it surpass endgame when it gets re-released maybe so yes. i was looking at this yes. when titanic gets re-released it has to make like 600 million though oh. to surpass oh. endgame, that's a lot of money which is a lot of money i think i right? will go that's as many word? times yeah, as it yeah. takes for it to earn <laughs> 600 <laughs> million challenge accepted <laughs> Using well, your A-list. If you're, like, if you're inviting religiously. everyone that you've ever spoken to, I think that That's we can make this out. We're going to buy out City Walk. We're going to buy out yeah. Margaritaville. Oh. It's going to be a two-for-one oh package. Oh. We shut down the new Chocolate Emporium or whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> oh, I shut can't down wait City to go. Walk what the fuck is that going to go the Jamie and Caitlin to, quote, to quote Lewis Bodine, we're in, baby. We're there. 
we are there we are going hell <laughs> yes i mean now the question is if you're going but how many stars on the queer quadrant <laughs> are you giving it um, what a transition yeah, that was. bang bang okay so crash crash an iceberg quick reminder for everyone our qq rating on a scale of one to five stars what would you give this movie on a queer scale, based on the conversation that How we have. Obviously, movie? I think we can all agree that across the board, it's a personal five-star movie. But mm. what's, the, what's the gay version? I Are you leading it off? Kick it oh, off. my goodness. Yeah, I'm going to go down the middle, and I'm going to give it three stars okay. on the QQ. It's solid, safe. I do think that there is like a lot to be parsed out here, and I love it. But at the end of the day, you are doing some digging mm-hmm. for it. You know what? If it taught a generation of young people that it's cool to communicate with your partner and listen to them for the most part and maybe back off the bossiness sometimes, you know, and recognize your flaws, um, then that's good. If it taught them that Cal is the antithesis of who they should be as partners, I think that's a win. And I think that that's a win. That Cal is? Oh, yes. That's a win. Antithesis. Yes. I was like, wait. No, no, no. Yes, yes, It's yes. a win against right. heterosexuality. Um, so yeah. I'm going to give it three stars. Jordan, what do you oh, think? Oh, no, to me. Goodness me. Um... I mean, don't feel pressure. You can do oh, whatever. Oh no, I feel so. I, the iceberg is coming. I'm drowning in water. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna go five. No, uh, I'm gonna go with the three five. It feels fine for me. Where it's like a little bit more. I think like the Leo's androgyny and sort of like his lesbian coding is really just <laughs> incredible. And I think it does play more. And I think it's you know the whole point of the podcast is like wa- like watching it this time. I've never really watched it for the queerness, but when you do, it's really easy to sort of unpeel layers to it. Like it's there. While it's not maybe necessarily like so textually on the surface because it is ne- more of a het movie, mm-hmm. it's still there. So, I'll go with the 3-5. Nice. Mm, Over to you guys. Caitlin, let's throw it to you. I'll go with a 3 because i think i mean at complete face value it's a hetero romance if you do do some digging and i think it's cool that for example celine sciama or sciama i don't know how to say french names um we we saw the movie and was like this is so gay and i'm gonna make my gay movie exactly like it so that's cool that like you can see uh like a hetero romance on screen and be like i still see myself in it um because of just whatever you're kind of projecting onto it or what you know for any number of reasons um so i appreciate that i um love that (laughs) no i don't love this but i do i don't know something about billy zane's performance and even though it is like It's he's basically Jafar from Aladdin, but also yes. he literally is. <laughs> but but I the love hair. to see it. I love watching him. I don't know. It's it's confusing. Um, and I think at the end of the day, when Jack says I'm king of the world, he should have said I'm queen of the world. And everyone oh, wow and snapped. <laughs> Can I actually add a, a, a like a, a little asterisk to mine too? Sure. I feel like. Um. Oh my God! What's the, his character's name? Bill Paxton as uh. Oh no, I'm blanking. As, Whatever. As, oh, Brock Love it. Brock, Brock Love it. Thank you. Folks. That name and his outfit and his earring is giving a little flamboyant. Mm, I just wanted to say. I don't sure. know if I said it, but I needed to say it. So it's on. It's a part of my review. Okay, it's on Noted. the record. Noted. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Jamie. Bring us home. 
I'm going three. Uh, I, I, I feel everything's wrong. I feel like, I don't know. It's such a personal, I feel like your experience of Titanic and queerness, it's not, I don't know. It's like more in the text than you would expect of a blockbuster at all because blockbusters are still so hetero kind of except for James Cameron blockbusters where I feel like there's a lot more wiggle room it's not yeah I don't think to date James Cameron has had explicitly queer characters but I could be wrong about that I think you are correct in that he has not mm-hmm. yeah but he has certainly given us a wide like 40 years worth of wiggle room that yes. and and a lot of people are wiggling around in that room and I celebrate that I'm one of them um like for me it was the Kate Winslet awakening I loved hearing about how like everyone had a different awakening um it's like one of the best parts of hearing why someone loves Titanic and it's like this character made me horny and you're like oh wow I'm so boring um for me it was Kate Winslet I feel like also like we talked about Kathy Bates as a queer icon but like it it really needs to be said that she like she knows exactly what she's doing and mm-hmm. I'm so happy that she's doing it. Um, yeah. I, I just like love that this movie, I think like part of what really drew me to it, like both as like a young bi kid that didn't understand that. And also just like as a person watching movies is that like women are so fucking like active and also still like like you're saying like also sensitive and like able yeah. to experience like experiencing the full emotional spectrum in a movie it just made me so and then you get to see titties also it's just unbelievable yes. <laughs> um, you should really shout that out thank you <laughs> like i just yeah i for for 97 it sure was doing a lot so i'll give it i'll yeah. give it a three Love it. Very nice. Love it. I did not mention this also. I'm just saying it now. <laughs> but similar to your experiences, like going to like Titanic thingies, when I was in Denver, I like went out of my way by an hour to go to Molly Brown's house. Same. They have a Molly I did that too. Oh, cool. Yes. Let's go. It rules, right? Nice. I thought it was so boring. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that's a, that's a landmark. That's it's wild. like, oh, it's a whole museum. They have a whole that's gift shop. crazy. Did you get any For no, new the money? Merch, the merch kind of fucking For sucked. For new money. Come on. Did you buy any merch there, Caitlin? I did not. No. I was also <laughs> like, I was having like elevation sickness mm-hmm. or something oh, like yeah. i was brutal. dizzy and i felt weird and but i also just remember the entire tour it was the only thing was like and here's the wallpaper in this room and i'm like i so Great. i can I see it it's, yes it's the house it's just like oh you lived here <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so i, I found it very uh, boring well Sorry, long live molly brown and her iconic hats Rest and her queen. iconic oh, kathy Bates true. performance wow we did it Jamie, we set sail caitlin thank you so much i truly we truly feel so lucky to have had people of this caliber of titanic <laughs> love with yes. us to talk oh. this movie oh. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Truly, we love talking about Titanic so much. It's kind of disgusting. And we're going to do it again this week. We love Incredible. it so much. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, glad to hear. Um, Obviously, everyone should be familiar with your work. But if they're not, what are you both up to and where can people find you? Oh, my gosh. Well, you can follow the Bechtel cast, uh, which is our podcast in which we examine movies through an intersectional feminist lens. We have recorded, I think, six or seven episodes about Titanic. 
normally we only do each movie once and another one on the way (laughs) we normally only just do every or like any movie one time but we love titanic so much that on our patreon we have uh like five extra titanic episodes you're on titanic six Yes, yes, yes. Titanic six six six, which if you're not familiar, is a movie. We have to look covered up. Titanic. We have covered it. Yeah. Um, so you can check us out uh, what, and scoot over to, to our Patreon. Movie? It's a horror You'll movie. You'll have to listen. <laughs> yes, I will. It's, it will is a Tubi original. <laughs> it is. Fun. Yeah, original. you should watch it. Let's go. I guess. Yeah. Have you ever talked about the queer context of Titanic before, or is this? We have new? touched on it here and there. It hasn't been a huge focal point. We've been point. dedicated a full episode to it, though. And that na- you've been near. You, you were near. Now. You were far. It was wherever you were. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah, uh, check out the Bechtel cast. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm also on TikTok. Bravely at Caitlin Durante. That is brave. Um, thank you. Yeah, you can listen. Th- I mean, please listen to the Bechtel cast. We've been we 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 love doing it. It's the best. We've been doing it for over six years. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Jamie Cray Superstar and buy my book about hot dogs that's coming out this May. It's called Raw Dog. It's about the history of hot dogs <laughs> and also the history of my little feelings. Um, so Incredible. that's what I'll add to that. What would Jack and Rose put on their hot dog? Quick. Oh my! Very God. little okay, mint so sauce. Rose. Little mint. <laughs> Rose would be like. Where I come from, we don't we don't use ketchup. And Jack would be like, "Come on, Rose, ketchup's the working man's condiment." And then by the end of the movie, she would be like, "I will put ketchup on my hot dog forever. Goodbye, you're dead." And that would be her takeaway. She would deep throat a hot dog. She would chug a beer. She'd smoke a cigarette, and then she'd do a pirouette. They would literally. They would have added a black and white or like sepia tone picture of Rose deep throating a foot long in Coney (laughs) Island. It works on a horse. It would work perfectly. You could Photoshop it in. No fucking problem. Oh, thank you so much, Caitlin. Now I like I want that. I will be. <laughs> We're gonna add it to the merch list. Seriously, I will be Please. doing that. We're gonna add it to the yes. merch list. Okay, we've got some oh, work to okay. do. Um, Take us home. Well, uh, crash this ship. You can also find us online, uh, mostly on Twitter. I'm a Brooke B. Solomon. Jornage Gus. And we are together at Queer Quadrant. And the same goes for Letterboxd and Instagram. And you can find this podcast on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a rate. Five sinking ships only. Five icebergs. Um, <laughs> a review, a subscribe if you're feeling extra generous or like you want to contribute to us, the working class. Flip us a dime. Um, and, you know, tweet at us, tell us all of your big and small feelings about Titanic and what you might like to see us cover in the future. And Brooke, what film are we covering next? Will you just, hello? It's M. Night Shyamalan. Um, I, I don't know what <laughs> wow. that was. Next Incredible. week, uh, two weeks from now, we will be covering Knock at the Cabin, a cabin. new blockbuster release mm. starring gay characters. What? What? Mm-hmm. Um, very exciting. We have no idea what to expect. So you're going you're gonna to be getting boy, oh boy. Some, some very recent reactions because we're going to watch the movie and then we're going to record an episode. Oh my God. It, as we do Bloody. for new releases. So you can tune in in two weeks for that and brooke uh, do you have anything you would like to leave our floating bodies with oh wow no uh, uh, um anything you would like to leave our hearts of the oceans with very nice uh celine skiyama said it best titanic is the hugest success and it's because it's totally queer a love story should not be about eternal possession it should be about emancipation Woo! thank you 
Queen.